Welcome to the One Speed MMA Podcast, where we learned that our mixer must be on before we can actually start recording. I, I didn't know before today. That voice there is your, yours truly, Carson Wood. The other one is Flying Smitty. Flying Smitty. At Flying Smitty. At Flying Smitty on like Twitter and Instagram specify. and um, Twitch, you know, all of, all of those things. All the things. All the things. At Flying Smitty, the one and only, not Flying Brian, Flying Smitty. Did you see that he got picked up by uh, MMA Media or MMA Mania? Flying Brian, front row Brian. Wait, oh, Flying Brian. Yeah, I didn't. Yep, we he, knew him when he was a little guy. Yeah, he's making breakdowns now for for MMA Mania. One day you will be too. I don't think so. Why not? I mean, I will definitely not. I pick all the fights wrong. Well, here's what I've learned. Um, so we started this thing for for those that don't know. And they probably nobody, but there's a group of us that started a uh, kind of a Twitter um, group message where we send each other all of our stuff and then we retweet it or whatever else. Well, we had a podcast that talked about the UFC and things that they were doing wrong, which is probably every podcast because we're those people. And um, he was like, uh, I don't know if I can share this because I'd really like to be picked up eventually for, by, by the UFC or by like major media. And he's like, and I don't think it'll happen if, you know, basically if I retweet things that are, are negative about the UFC. So it's, I like him. I like his breakdowns, but he's definitely a jobber. Um, I don't know what that means. He, he, a jobber is like the guy in professional wrestling that goes in there to get beat and no one has any idea who he is. And then they never usually ever see him again. How's he getting beat? He's not getting beat. He's going in there and he's playing nice with the UFC in order to, to basically get in bed with him. Eh. I mean, each their own. Like, if I really was like, man, this is good. It doesn't be- work out there. He could eventually get into the DNC. Oh, the, the Democratic. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Because I was thinking DC, and then I was thinking all of these other things. It took me a second. And then I was thinking Pizzagate. I don't know what that is either. Oh, you got to look it up. Pizzagate. I saw that it it's was fake. Thing it's, that- it's fake news. Good. I love yeah. that. I love fake news. Basically, that the... Uh, they, there was a family-owned pizza restaurant in Washington that was being used to traffic children by Hillary Clinton and Petroza or Petrozzi, something like that. But it's it, it was a conspiracy theory, something about emails that leaked and then people Alex decided Jones to, do to it. blow it up. <laughs> Probably. Good job, Alex. Who knows? Um, but it was all it, it was it was all blown out of proportion intentionally. Um. Speaking of DC, though, well, I was going to say. Did you, speaking of other things on the internet that is not fake news, you've been following the hashtag "thick as hell" challenge. Huh. <laughs> Look it up on Twitter; it's so funny. <laughs> it's exactly what you think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bunch of black guys with great calves. No. <laughs> no. Bunch of black women, thick as hell. That's what I figured. And white women. Well, actually, the black people Twitter, as you always hear me quote it on, and Justin on it, uh, which is the new blackface, as you're always going to hear yes. from us. Uh, black people Twitter is just, uh, they're saying that it's it's a way that black people can come out and look at white asses and <laughs> be into them on the notes to the rest of them. <laughs> you don't even have to know. That's a really weird that's a really weird thing to figure out if it's racist or not. We assume that it's white people acting black that are acting really black well, and that they're embarrassed to be yeah, into white women. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know when it's when it's our backslash Jim Crow, it's probably made by white. <laughs> Just joking. Black people Twitter. 
We get a kick out of it. I love time. it. It's one of my longest standing subreddits. Um, my very favorite from Black People Twitter is that when, Pokemon. when they were giving peop- um, white girls a hard time for always saying that they were Native American. And they were like, why, why is it when, when it comes out with white people do their descendancy, they're all, they're all part Native American. And then below that, there's a comment that says, not just Native American, Cherokee. How are they all Cherokee? And it reminded me of a they conversation I had with my wife when we were first dating that she was like, which she is. She's one sixteenth on both sides. Um, who knows how That's much. That's always the number two. That's always the fraction, coincidentally. No, they actually, this is this is actually from both sides, not just one side. Right. So it would be one thirty second, and not even that. I mean, who knows it what would, gene it would, she actually picked up from each side. It would not be one thirty second. Yeah, one sixteenth and one sixteenth would dilute. It wouldn't go to one eighth. It would dilute. It would be one. Th- sorry, no, you're right. It would be one sixty fourth because it would be one thirty second, one thirty second on each side. It'd be one whole. One whole. Anyway, but she, she told me it was. She told me it was Cherokee. She is all Cherokee off of one sixteenth. So I, yep. So when I read it, I thought that was really funny because my wife, who is blonde hair, blue eyed, is apparently part Cherokee too. And the fact that it's known culturally that to be that big of a thing that every white girl thinks she's part Native American and not only that that it's Cherokee. No, that's I literally thought, what my great grandma told us all the time, but it would always change. We were Navajo, we were Cher- it always ended up Cherokee, but it was yeah, that's a thing that always happens out here if you're foreign and listening. White people be thinking. Yeah, and part of it was uh I made fun of her because there's that old, I think, Garth Brooks song. And she's like, I'm not sure exactly what I am. I said, well, are you part Cherokee and Choctaw? And she's like, yeah, I think I am. I was like, are you Chippewa? <laughs> are you one of a kind? She's like, wait a minute. That's a song, isn't it? I was like, yeah, exactly. You just proved my point. <laughs> anyway, moving forward after that digression, six minutes in. Um, I call it progression. Go ahead. Yeah. We, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, MMA Media. So good for him. Good job. Sign on with uh, MMA Mania. So go watch his breakdowns there. Um, he actually did a really good job promoting himself. He ended up getting like 2,000, 2000 subscribers on his YouTube channel before mm-hmm. UFC 200. And he did it. I mean, he went from like 200 to 2,000 within a very short amount of time. So good on him. Congratulations to him. I think I'm still subscribed. I, we are. I would never unsubscribe. The one, so. the one speed MMA podcast is. Um, we haven't put a YouTube video up in forever, though, so we can't really tell people to go to our YouTube anymore. We can. Watch we can. awesome old videos. You can, you can see how great we were, uh, what, six months ago? Yeah. How long have we been doing this for? I don't know. Uh, About six months? Maybe less? I thought a little bit more. I don't know. What's we'll the episode number? Uh, I don't know. I'll look it up while you're talking. Um, no, uh, but we, yeah, I mean, this is, Paul's, this is the other podcast, but... Paul's just, Paul just hit 100. Yeah, we just hit 100. Paul and Damn Carson's it. other podcast. Um, Paul would love to shout out here, but he doesn't listen to this podcast because he's not the biggest MMA fan. Um, but shout out to uh, Matt Mark, Travis Mark's brother, who does listen to the podcast. Woo! And also is not that big of an MMA fan, but Woo! since he gets a lot of the, his news from us, so we appreciate that. Friends and family always. All of Ireland that listens to us. The whole country? Yep. No, all of them do. I'm surprised they don't hate me yet. It's like our second biggest following. I guess they like, I mean, they, it makes sense if they do like me because I'm just always wrong about their guy. It's because they saw your pictures and they figured you're one of them. I'm Scottish. Yeah. We talked, we had a big long discussion about all I'm of our also, heritage yesterday. I'm also Scottish. Sorry, so, all of our Irish fans. So is Gavin. So is Gavin. My wife's Irish though, so it's okay. 
Parley, and then Fart Cherokee, <laughs> about 116th Irish. She's 100th Irish. Yeah, she's 100th. Not really. She's she's a Lafferty, right? So yeah. she's, it's pretty. Yeah, no, her mom's O Lafferty. So they're, I think they're like third, fourth generation. Um, but with that, what, what, there's so many things to go about here, man. Let's get into, uh, first, let's get into UFC 206. Um, DC is injured. Uh, you have to eat crow. Oh, yeah, Rashad, yeah, yeah, Rashad yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta, is, we gotta do that again. Good. I was gonna say, yeah, I'm, I was way wrong again about the Rashad thing. Like, ah, they did it on purpose. Um, he was looking ripped too at 185. Did you see the pictures coming through? No. He had, he posted one that got to Reddit and he was jacked. That's a bummer. That card was looking real good. Now it's uh, Tim Kennedy versus Kevin Gastelum, but mm-hmm. they're not fighting at 170, right? They're 185. Well, they should be at 185. Yeah, well, yeah, because that's where Tim Kennedy was. Well, and they said that Gastelum would never, yeah. he wouldn't be going back to 170. Yep. Um, speaking of ripped, uh, did you do you listen to the Joe Rogan experience ever? Not very rarely. So he did one with uh, Shannon Briggs. Break down who that is. He is a boxer. And people out there that are into boxing would be a lot more. I probably won't go into it too much because I'll, I'll probably slaughter it. But from what I gather, he's a guy that fought George Foreman when he was really young, beat him. Um, he's already fought one of the Klitschko's, the one that's not married to Hayden Panettiere. People are pulling their hair out right now. But he uh, he was on it. And he's trying to hype a fight and everything. He should be fighting in December. He is actually, I feel like, a good promoter. Um, cause this is like the first time I've ever been excited about boxing ever. I really kind of want to see his fight. He's a well, 40. And you showed me the video, right? Where he gets on his little, uh, paddle board and no, paddles no. out into the middle of the lake and chases the other dude down. Well, no, he's not on a paddle board. Klitschko's on the paddle board and he's in a boat and just starts going doing donuts around him until he falls <laughs> over. <laughs> oh, he is in a boat. Yeah. I couldn't realize cause he's right at the end of it. And, uh, oh, he falls over off his paddle board. Klitschko does. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That was the whole point. Yeah, I didn't watch does, it to the very end. He does donuts until he falls off and, uh, he's been trying to get a fight with him. He has another fight coming up and that's the one that I actually want to watch. Do you know who he's fighting? Um, the internet does. <laughs> I can't remember cause I don't know any names. Thank but. you. Internet. Um, this guy looks pretty old. I did see the picture of him on the Joe Rogan experience. He is he is 44. I told you yesterday, 45. He's got gray in his 45. beard. What's that? He's got gray in his beard. Yes, he does. But he's and ripped. He's he was uh, 400 pounds and um, depressed, wanted to commit suicide, and then he flipped his life around. And where I think that you might have liked him is he became very inspirational <laughs> on the uh, social medias. Yeah. And uh, he's known for – he actually um, – uh, trademark, let's go champ. And so, yeah, I mean, he's trying to make his money elsewhere, um, and he's trying to get a title fight going. He's going to fight um, David Hayes. I don't know who that is. Me either. Timothy Hayes? Um, the only reason I knew who he was briefly is because him and Joe Rogan got in a Twitter spat who? because Joe Rogan, your boxer friend here, um, Joe Rogan made mention or tweeted at him or said something about him on his show and uh, the kid, the boxer took it as as offensive, and so he got on there and and started throwing shade back at Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan was like, "Hey, man, this isn't. I didn't mean any any ill will by this. I, I think you mistook it, or someone took it out of context when you told you when you uh, when we talked about this. Um, and that's all I knew. And then it disappeared for a little bit, and now it's back. So, you know, just like uh, Misha." Kid that plays Pokemon Go every day. So that's his name? I'm back. So, yeah, he, I mean, 
I mean, that's like the first. We might actually cover that if I end up watching it. Big if. So if you like boxing, let's chit chat about that. I, I like a a comeback story, and he went to obscurity, um, hadn't fought for a while, and now he's back. Yeah, like um, Khabib, Megamadoff. Way worse than him. <laughs> We're talking like decades. Yeah, he's forty-four. We're talking like the the movie Warrior. Just kidding. I don't know. I can't remember how long. The More older like Rocky, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five. Rocky five. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back into MMA. DC's off of two hundred six. Uh, Rashad Evans is off of two hundred six. Um, I heard rumors that two hundred six might actually get bumped down to FS one. Um, the other huge piece of news that came in during last night's card, which kind of took away from the entire card because Twitter blew up not about the card but about the news, was that Anthony Pettis and Max Holloway would be fighting for an interim strap. Not intern strap. Uh, Sean Smith. Oh, yeah. Sean, who didn't show up again. Yeah, friend gets out of prison, and all of a sudden you can't show up on the podcast. Don't bring that up. The people don't need to know about that. They just need to know he keeps running. <laughs> and uh, I like the the intern belt the intern more than belt. anything. You know, he came in. He worked in the mailroom for, for nothing. He worked his way all the way up to UFC champion, almost. He gets the intern belt, not the interim belt. <laughs> <laughs> I almost feel like uh, And uh, I was wrong It's Patrick McHugh Sorry Not David Hayes uh, That was a correction oh, Shannon Brick, So I don't have to eat crow again Next week um, We almost We almost lost all credibility In this podcast I already have You have a, You have a shred That's what we're trying to say Yes uh, Because I'm right fair. About everything I can't wait till you're not Everything Thank You God. and Chel Sonnen Should just Go be wrong Together All the time Actually, I haven't listened to Chell for a while. He might be good. He might be picking correctly. He's so hit or miss. Really, if it's anything other than MMA, I pretty much won't listen to him. Well, yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's just like watching I hate the it's wrestling like stuff. To, and it's like listening to Shannon Sharp and freaking Skip Bayless trying to talk MMA. You're like, you guys, just stick to what you know, which is not MMA. Just stick to something else. We very rarely talk other sports here because I don't know anything about other sports. Me either. That's why we had to correct ourselves just now. Um, but no, yeah. So we had Sean slated to come on. Again, to talk Conor McGregor, because he's the biggest Conor McGregor fan there is outside of Ireland, I think. I don't understand the outrage about all of this. Uh, I think the outrage is because, one, it's for another interim belt, not for That's an actual stupid. belt. Um, secondly, they did stri- strip Conor McGregor of his belt. So Good. it wasn't like, hey... You're going to fight one of these guys for the belt? They stripped him of it, which makes sense. Well, yeah, why would they give an interim belt out if it w- if the other they guy already, wasn't stripped? But they already did the Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo's technically the interim champion, and that's why this is such a ridiculous... Right. You're going to have a joining of two interim belts for an actual champion, which is silly to me, you know? Looks good on a billboard, though, to but, have two people holding belts. But if Jose Aldo doesn't... Yeah, Conor McGregor told the UFC that. But if Jose Aldo never comes back, then they actually have a. Uh, oh, you, they wouldn't do this if he wasn't coming back. He's coming back. There's no way he would. They would do that. Uh, Is no. that. Do you think that's why they're doing the interim then? Yes, that's the rumor that it's not a number one contender match or match fight. It's a interim fight because if Jose Aldo doesn't come back, then they can actually have a a lineage of that belt of where just strip him then too. Let's not. We already played games with Connor for freaking two years. 
Well, if we've learned anything and something that we'll be talking about later, he's already missed five fights. So he's definitely probably going to miss his next fight anyway, no matter whether he's supposed to be in the UFC or not. Who cares? Just strip him. I understand them stripping Conor McGregor because they said that they were going to. They needed to stand their ground. They needed to show that they're still in power. They needed to move that division, especially if he's going to be gone until May. They needed to. They needed to get a title fight on two hundred six because they lost their their only title fight. And if there's no title fight, then there's no reason to have a pay per view. You might as well just move it to to Fox Sports. Um, and so that's all of it, right? You don't know what's going to happen with Jose Aldo. You know Conor McGregor's not going to come back down. Um, you don't have a title fight, and you just lost DC on the card. It kind of just hits all of the check boxes that they need to sell a pay per view. Yep. I mean, I just say strip. Jose, do you feel like, um, and I agree, especially with him throwing all of his little baby fits like he is. And I think it is a, um, I think it's a, a tactic to get him to either come back or to walk away. Like, cool, we can go on without you and let us prove it. Um, do you think Anthony Pettis deserves an interim title shot at 145 already? Yeah. He's only won one at that weight and he won it in the third round and kind of got manhandled before that. I'll, I'll reiterate my question, yeah. Above Ricardo Lamas and other people in that division? They'll have their shot. Yeah. Because, I mean, how do you sell How do you sell Jose versus any of those guys if he does come back? Yeah, that division, man. But Jose Aldo might not be who he used to be. And then we can you say— You don't but that's not the point. Yeah, but he'd be Jose Aldo after Jose Aldo was Jose Aldo. But that's not the point, though. Like, that, the, the point is how, like— <laughs> Do you want to see Ricardo Lamas or Anthony Pettis versus Jose Aldo if you're a casual fan? Anthony Pettis. Yeah. The guy who was on the Wheaties sell. boxes. And I think yeah, and I think that's what they talk about as well. Like Anthony Pettis is still a huge draw as compared to a lot of other people. Bigger than Jose a bigger draw than Jose Aldo by mm-hmm. far. And so that does that does get the money will moving, having someone like Anthony Pettis back in that that spot. If he doesn't deserve it, he'll lose to Max Holloway because Max Holloway does deserve it. Yep. It's, it's pretty much – and if he beats Max Holloway, he deserves it. And I like, Ma- I like Max Holloway. I still don't think Max Holloway is a big sell outside of diehards. I like Max Holloway a lot. He put up a great fight against Conor McGregor like three years ago. He will always be British to me. <laughs> Even though he's completely uh, uh, Hawaiian? Yeah. <laughs> Anytime I hear his name, he will always be British. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, he's British. Wrong island. I'm actually excited for that fight. 206, Cerrone, Matt Brown is going to be an awesome fight too. But they're right. I don't. It shouldn't stay as a as a pay per view. I don't think. I think it should. I think it should go back. Oh, they'll do horrendous numbers. I feel like. Yeah. But do, what did they already have a spot like for FS1? Like, is there a spot that they there, can clear up? No, I don't know. There might not be. And I didn't even think about that. They they would either have to move it to Fox or they would have to move it to FS1, and then they would have to figure out how they're going to go and do it. They could always move it to Fight Pass. I mean, the numbers aren't going to do anywhere near I, as well, but they I would mean, just assume at least keep, you have control. They would, I, I feel like they just assume keep it on pay-per-view at that point. Yeah. Because, I mean, they might get a few more Fight Pass subscriptions. Maybe they feel like that's – I don't know. I just don't feel like it's going to Fight Pass. I feel like it's either Fox or FS1. Um, it's a Saturday, so there's not a ton of – like, it's not clogged up a ton – for Fox, really. College football will be over, though, right, too, I think, by the 30th. Um, Do they do college football Saturday nights on F- on Fox? Yeah. Not on Fox Sports, but FS1. No, Fox. Fox, Fox. I, I don't. 
I don't believe so. I think CBS has rights to it and ESPN. So uh, well, well, right now it's not baseball season. What are they putting on Fox? I mean, this is who cares? I, I guess. don't know. They'll figure it out. That's I mean, I could be doing, wrong. But. I could be wrong. They could be doing main cards, but I'm thinking ESPN and CBS have like the SEC. Well, I hope that they don't put it, keep it on pay-per-view because boy, would I hate paying for that. <laughs> I would have a hard time. Paying right, Justin, for that paper. But darn it, we have to because we That's have a the podcast. Only way to go about it. There's no other way. Is there no other way? No, no there's, there's no. no other way. All right, uh, December 10th. So they're still there. There, I believe there may be some bowl games on December 10th. Okay, so let's go back to uh, this week's card yesterday and talk about the two most important things that make me a. Um, Savant, a UFC picking savant. One, you didn't say Kyle Noak was going to retire. <laughs> Shut up! You just are always hoping people no. do retire. I'm three for three. No, I'm not three for three on the, on who retired. But the last three cards, we've had a retirement on every single card, which makes me super happy. What does that have to do with you being a savant? You didn't even call it. I just had to pick. A, I, had, I had to pick a word, and savant. That wasn't it. Savant, that wasn't it. Uh, I decided it was the, the correct word because I'm it so wasn't. great at everything I do. But it wasn't. But I'm Bridget really would be ashamed. <laughs> Bridget would be ashamed. She would be. You she, know what? She would be. We should start. Have you ever seen Arrival yet? No, we talked about this like ten minutes ago. Yeah, oh, but we didn't on the podcast. You just took the spot <laughs> away from it. <laughs> no, no, I have not. The aliens in it. They have a language. Don't tell us that they. C- it's a circle, right? Like an octagon. No. Like a circle. Is it a snake eating its own head? No, unless you consider that to be time. It is. The snake eating its own head in, in what is it, Greek mythology? Well, that's not what the what uh, my my favorite Irishman says, Michael Tessarian. He says it's the etheric barrier around the earth. Dun, dun, dun. Anyways, um, Michael Tessarian, that's the real Irishman you guys need to be propping up. That guy's awesome. <laughs> he has a ponytail with a bald head. <laughs> what? I'll show you my oh, That sounds disgusting. He's a he's an etymologist that is like into conspiracy theories and he uses all of his explanations for conspiracy theories based off etymology, which is essentially the study of language and things like that, but um no, he's great. Um or- Ouroboros, the snake eating its own head. Anyway, keep going. No, what does it say? No, I, I, I got so, it. No, I was going to so say. Keep going, then I'll tell you. That, so that we would, like, the, it's they actually have an awesome language or concept for a language. They have a written language that, in one, everything's a circle, and it portrays exactly how you feel. So there's not words. There's no misinterpreting. It just tells you exactly how you feel. And then, coincidentally, there's some misinterpretations. So going off of this, which may be what they built this off of, uh, the symbol represents medieval alchemaic tradition. The symbol entered, I'm talking about Ouroboros. Uh, modern symbol often taken to symbolize introspection, the eternal return of cyc- cyclicality, especially in the sense of something constantly recreating itself. It also represents the infinite cycle of nature's endless creation and destruction, life and death. It's not exactly what he says. Oh, well, there he is. There he is, the ball, but you can't see his ponytail. Hold on. I'll get one of his old ones because he's cut it since. He just looks like uh, Michael Bolton now that he's balding. Now that he's balding? Yeah. 
Well, it's been happening for decades. <laughs> oh, there it is. Yeah, it looks just like or uh, the guy from Wham, George Michael. Dude, this guy's so angry. He's so great because <laughs> he's Irish. He's so angry. Well, he says that it's a cradle of civilization. Oh, that's what the thing represents. No, he says Ireland's the cradle of civilization. No, 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 no. It's Basque, the Basque country. No, it's Ireland. It was the it was the remnants of old Atlantis. Oh man, this guy's a nut, dude. I mean, I know we're into MMA, but if I could prop up his channel, I definitely would. <laughs> Go back and watch his uh, his old one where he explains origins of evil. It's amazing. It's Interesting. Amazing. Interesting. All right. With that, Kyle Noak, love it, saying that someone needs to and or will retire every card, and we got one. That's not going to happen at 206, so take that. Rashad Evans after he loses. Not going to lose. How can oh, he, he lose can. if he's not there? <laughs> Solid point. He can't lose. He can't lose if he's not there. He could trip in the shower. Um, and, of course, Robert Whitaker, my man, one of the only people that called that Robert Whitaker was going to win this fight. And then quickly, quickly, quickly bailed on Robert Whitaker. No, I didn't. I told him that he, he did. needed that. He 100% I did not bail did. on him. He did. And then our friend I Gavin, said, who wanted I said uh, he needs to Brunson to win, in the face. was like, oh, no, Whitaker's going to pull this out. Brunson's leading with his hands down. And and Justin was jumping off the train immediately. That's not true. It is exactly He's true. trying to troll me on, on the podcast. We can get, get Gavin on up. if you'd like. I said... He needs to defend himself and keep his hands up. Actually, no, he did a great job of keeping his I'm hands up. I'm pretty sure I said you said it's over keep, at one point. He needs to keep circling and get out of there. And I said, or it'll be over. Or it'll be over. I know everyone's always got a puncher's chance. And then and then, um, and then, then Gavin, who trains me way more than either of us do, said, Brunson's running in with his hands down. He better be careful or he's going to get caught with a counter. And he did. Go in with his hands down. He'd be careful to be caught with his pants down. <laughs> and then we had um, good old uh, Izzy posting the picture of Goku running with his hands back and his face out. Pretty sure it was Gohan. Oh, it was Gohan. I don't know. I think. I don't know which one it was. I don't know enough about Dragon Ball Z. But you know who does? His that was man. Mexicans love Dragon Ball Z. It's racist. No, they do. And you know Izzy, who else does? He's one of them. Japanese, because they created it. Yeah, but that's different. You're going to love what you create. Unless it's the creation of evil. Hmm? <laughs> I was trying to I was trying to do a callback to Origins the of Evil. Origin. Origins of Evil. The origin creation of the origin of evil. Dude, I'm gonna explain that story to you and how awesome it is and how it should be a science fiction movie when we're when this is done. It'll take maybe me ten can, minutes. Maybe we can steal it. Uh, we should. No, I've been trying to get this happen forever. <laughs> if I could get somebody who's better at writing than me, I would still de- well, The thing is, is he thinks so it's I'll real life. So I'll write it, and then my mother will be our editor. I don't think that he could... I don't think that we could get in trouble for plagiarism on that, right? Because he literally thinks it's real life. No, we just... Yeah, we just base it on a, a, con- a concept. I don't know. We just change it 10%. It can, it's just got to be 10% different. Yeah. Uh, th- has he, I, wait, I, hold I, on. Has, tra- he actually, has he actually printed it? Is it in, like, book form and, like, trademarked and copyright form? No. All we would have to do... <laughs> no, it could be intellectual property. I mean, pretty straightforward. We just change the planet. Well, yeah, okay. Just not Earth. But now we just can't tell everybody on the podcast because then they can come back to this very yeah, point. Hey, you all are all in. I, you Irish people, shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah, don't tell We're anybody. all going to get ridden to the top. We'll yeah. bring you on. It's yes. going to be the next Star Wars. Yes. Um. Here we go. The thing that made me sad is Roundtree, who I like, Khalil Roundtree from the 23rd season of The Ultimate Fighter, ended up losing um, in one of the only freaking fights that ended not in decision. Um, obviously, Whitaker. This Brunson. was in Australia, right? Yes. How awful is it for Khalil that he lives in Vegas 
and can't get a fight in Vegas. Had to go Sad. all the way to Australia. And he probably liked it. He's a he's a happy go lucky dude. Ham versus Taylor was a decent fight. Um, honest, all in all, man, there wasn't anything super memorable about this fight or about this fight card. A lot of decisions, and so that's really uh, unless you got something to say, that's probably where we're gonna leave it. On the fight card, yeah. No, I mean I had more fun watching you guys than. It was and a good playing time. Pokemon. We had I was a, more yeah. interested in those fights that were going on. I was trying to get that Orangaroo. We also had a good a good buddy of ours that was around, Gavin, of course, who's been on the podcast. Um, he was back watching the fights with us for the first time in a long time, so we had a, a good time more or less breaking down our, our lives. Full disclosure. Never mind, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even know where you're going with that. He was waxed. Oh, he was waxed. He got a manzillion. The Manzillion. <laughs> the Manzillion. Except he didn't get his bum bum. He waxed. got the black zillion. He got the. He didn't get his. He didn't get his anus waxed. Good. He's still a man. Be- because apparently the girl that waxed him, he asked out like two weeks ago. So he was, they're, and they're going on a date like next week. <laughs> She's already seen him naked. I like that about him. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's one that's one way to go about it. Why have we not brought it back to Michael Tessarian yet? Because we have to, we'll save that. To Fine, the, let's talk about what you want to talk we'll about. Save that to let's talk end. about injuries. And no, we already did though. Two hundred six. No, no, I mean like the the camps and injuries. We didn't really. Oh yeah, talk yeah. About no, that. we'll get into that. So let's talk Ultimate Fighter real quick. I want to. I want to watch it myself, and I haven't watched it yet. And no, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. No, let's go. To, no, let's go to injuries, and at the end, we'll talk about the the DJ fight that's most likely with Tim Tim Elliott here in the in the long run. So let's actually so. Bloody Elbow, what what Carson is referring to is Bloody Elbow actually released an article um, basically breaking down injuries by gym and by fighter. Um, and it's a really – the article itself isn't that interesting. Uh, the graphs are. Basically, all it is is the guy from AKA being like, hey, I didn't – I don't plan this. Like, I don't want them to get injured. I've, I'm telling them to train. They're big guys there. I'm telling them to train less um, – spar softer or whatever. Basically he's saying like, we're trying to go about not getting this. And he said, if it wasn't a great gym and they were getting injured too much, that they wouldn't continue to train here, which is, I think a great point. Like if you're at a gym and you don't feel like it's benefiting you and you feel like you get injured before every fight card, you're not going to stay at that gym. You're going to go somewhere else. Well, the thing is eventually the market will win out because if you're not putting your fighters, fighters up and they're the main event, the UFC is going to have to retaliate in some way. Um, they're going to get start giving you crappy cards. Like, it's just, it can't. Yeah. And and on top of that, it's like p- people pulling out of Conor McGregor's fights. Irish people have, you know, stopped or haven't, you know, traveled as well as they have before because of 200, because of all the, you know, the Jose Aldo pullouts. And I it's, similarly to that, I just feel like eventually if they keep it up, I, I don't know that he's kind of defending himself. He really doesn't need to. If it's a problem, they'll eventually just get hit into obscurity, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But, I mean, a.k.a., I mean, Luke Rockhold, Josh Thompson, Khabib Nagamadoff, Daniel Cormier, Cain Velasquez, um, Mike Swick, John Fitch, Josh Koscheck, Kyle Kingsbury. And these are these are people, obviously, that haven't fought in the UFC, some of them in, in quite a long time. But the biggest deal with this is, is they actually have an injury rate of 18.43%. So this is from 2009 to 2015. People that have fought, um, how many times they fought compared to how many injuries. So this is a total of 141 fights scheduled compared to 26 injuries, right? Well, it is what it is. Go read the article if you want all the fine print. But this is the things I found the most interesting. <coughs> 
Number one is Luke Rockhold has five injuries in 19 fights. Um, Daniel Cormier only has two in 23 fights. That's more impressive, but even still, he's he's fighting more than most people. Well, 23, Daniel Cormier. He's Luke Rockhold one. isn't. He's the only Daniel Cormier is the only one. Yeah. And he's, Cain Velasquez has only got two, technically, on this list, and I don't think that's right. No. Out no. of 14 fights. No, I don't feel like that's I true. think a lot of these, too, is they had to have been signed. So it wasn't just like, hey, these guys are going to fight. They actually have to have a signed contract and then back out. And so there's a couple of these. Like, so Rory... Uh, Wait, why is Kyle Kingsbury in this? Because it's from 2009 to 2015. What? So, like, cost checks on here. Josh Thompson, they're both in no, Bellator. No, why is he on here? Look at his numbers. Eight and zero. He had eight fights. And no zero injuries. Zero injuries. So they just, just represent out? Well, no, no, no. Okay, no, yeah, no, 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 no. So this is breaking down how many fights they've been contracted to and actually either gone through with and or had to pull out due to injury based on contractual obligation. So his fights count towards the, the overall gym, but they go away. Oh, that's but what they're they breaking yeah. down. Oh, okay. But they, okay. Yeah. I thought this was the most criminal uh, – Okay. No, so if you click on the next image over, it goes to the next gym. Oh. Yep. So the next gym with the most amount of injuries is Nova Unao, which is down in Brazil. Um, so we look at this. This is Junior Dos Santos, Talos Leitas, Jose Aldo, Henan Barral, Claudia Gadelia. Dude, AKA's getting in the octagon and signing contracts a hell of a lot more than other people Oh, yeah, I mean, I mean, look at this. Yeah. Four yeah. fights, 11 fights. Jose Aldo had 22, but he also pulled out five times. So he's on par with uh, – he's on par with – with Luke Rockhold, actually, he's pulled out less than Luke Rockhold has technically with the amount of fights, 19 to 22. But, I mean, these, yeah, the, the fight count for these guys as compared to the other dudes is much lower. Um, AKA has a much higher amount of fights. I mean, just their top five are 19, 18, 12, 23, and 14 compared to 4, 11, 22, 17, and 7. So, yeah, I mean, AKA is signing way more contracts to fight. Um, and they have way more champions. I mean, Jose Aldo and Claudia Gadelia were the ones, that, and J- Junior Dos Santos. But I mean, out of Luke Rockhold, Daniel Cormier, Khabib, and Kane, that's those are pretty great numbers for AKA. Other than Luke Rockhold and Josh Thompson's not even there anymore. I mean, he's in Bellator. He got cut for a reason. So, if you really want to get 2009 to 2015, that's great. But I'd rather do it like here are the people that have been in the UFC the last four years. Or not even that, like three years, and here's how many times they pulled out of fights. This is what you want to be careful with on Rory. I know everybody's saying that he's young and he should have stuck with the USC, but he's pulled out of four or had four injuries in 17 fights. Which team are you looking at? Uh, TriStar. Rory McDonald. Like, team Noguera. You, do, you can't Tri-Star, be having him go through all those 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 battles. Oh, yeah, 17 fights. And I didn't know that. Like, I never thought about Rory McDonald as being someone that back that that had to pull out of fights. So it's interesting that he's on this list. George St. Pierre, um, obviously having not fought for a long period of time as well, I don't think should necessarily be on this list, but he did pull out of two fights. Jackson Wink, man, they don't pull out they of don't. fights. Uh, Tiago Alves is actually... Donald Cerrone, 33-0 fights pulled out yeah. of. Um, Tiago Alves is actually the biggest... That's why he's a fan favorite. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, Tiago Alves at ATT, 17 fights scheduled, six injuries. Um, and he's not even at ATT anymore. I think he's at the Black Zillions now. And Khabib technically counts against um, AKA, but they said the two of his injuries came in Russia, not at AKA. But it was during his time at AKA. So One of them wasn't fair. It was Ramadan. <laughs> no. 
That doesn't count. Alistair Overeem's never pulled out of a fight. Donald Cerrone's never pulled out of a fight. Carlos his is the most impressive. His is the most impressive, 33. man. Especially with that eye injury. Did you see that? He was still ready to fight with it. See, well, the hard part is, too, is... I didn't. Did you see uh, it? No, it was just a little cut, right? No, no, no. So he's actually in a commercial or a movie, I think. Oh. And it's makeup. And I thought he had wrecked his four wheeler or some stupid thing. But he he gets he made an Instagram video. He's like, "Hey everybody, I'm sure you already heard about. It. I wanted to break it before though. Yeah, I got injured, and it's bad. It's like this cut from here to here. And he's like, I just want you to know the fight's still on. I'm still going to make the walk. Obviously, this fight's just going to be... I'm going to have to protect this eye. And it's and I was losing my mind. I was like, no, you can't fight. And then I was like, hold on. This can't be real. And then sure enough, get in the comments, and it wasn't. But See, the hard part is, too, that they, the things that they don't take into account on this are non-medical withdrawals. So, like, John Jones has had, what, two main card fights that have pulled out? And the amount of revenue lost... Per fight that's been like, but that's not what that's. I mean, I, no, I understand that, but you know, those are the things I'd like to see as well. Like DC, how many? You know, his two fights are huge because both of them were main, were were going to be main cards. Cain Velasquez, they were both title fights. You know what I mean? So, the hard part with that is, is just because they're injured, there's some people that get injured a lot, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's anywhere near as detrimental as a Jose Aldo. Or even RDA, he's got one injury, right? But it was his foot, and he was supposed to fight Conor McGregor. So that's huge, mm. and more people are going to remember that. John Jones only had two two injury withdrawals, um, but way more like just lifestyle withdrawals with it, oh, with all kinds of weird issues. Like the and more than injuries, man. How many of these dudes have had to like not these guys, but anyone? I think it's a bigger deal to ping for freaking PEDs after the fight. Mm-hmm. You know, because you go, you get your money. If you win, then there's so much controversy that's built up around that. And it's a, I mean, like I said, the article itself is not that interesting, but the numbers that they've pulled are super interesting. I think they could have got a little bit more precise. Like, I don't think Josh Koscheck and some other people should be on this, but I understand, you know, the, the dates that, that, that are on here. Um, and so, it is what it is, but it's a really, really interesting read, and it's really, really interesting to look at, especially when Rogerio Noguera, who just lost to Ryan Bader, he's pulled out of five fights, like in the UFC specifically. Anthony Pettis has pulled out of three fights. Yeah, I did see that, but I didn't actually watch it, so it didn't look that bad to me. Um, and really the thing is, is you get a black eye as a fighter. You, so Anthony Pettis shouldn't ever headline a fight. DC shouldn't, I mean, he should because of the champion, but you never know. John Jones probably shouldn't headline fights anymore. So it is what it is, and you have to put those people on there and hope that Cain Velasquez doesn't have an issue. But chances are, I mean, look at 206. 206 was remnants of UFC 205, and then now even since then, it's fallen apart since then. You know, with DC pulling out and then Kevin Gaslam st- stepping in for Rashad Evans and now having an inter- interim belt. So, intern. And then what other one was there? UFC New York lost like one or two fights too, like day of or day before. Week of. Week of. It lost the Cerrone uh, Gaslam fight and then it also lost Rashad, Rashad right? Evans yep. and Tim Kennedy. Oh, yeah, because I just said 205. Duh. I forgot 205 and Newark, New York were the same one. So, if you have seen a lot rival. That one, New York lost one, and then 206 did cyclical. 
cyclical. It's all cyclical. It's all cyclical. It's the same one. Just the beginning and the end. happening that, again that and snakes, again. That snake swallowing its tail eternal. You know what? I, did? I didn't think about that until you actually said that, and I was thinking about the language thing they show in it, and I was like, that really looks like Ouroboros eating its own tail. Probably is. It probably is. It's not uh, whatever the, your Irish friend thinks it is, Ponytail Man. His name is Michael Tessarian. Michael Tessarian. And he is a saint. <laughs> Edward Tavarian. Cyclical. Edmund. Edmund. Um, so let's get into the tough 24 real quick. Neither of us have watched the last two fights. We didn't see the last one. Neither, neither of us have last watched the last five fights. That's true. I did see Pantoja versus Fran- Franca. I kind of I'm bummed I that I got see, out of this I one. I did. But. I did see Romasa beat Tanillion, but I didn't see Shelton Candido or Schnell Elliott. I didn't see either of those, and I didn't see last week's. So I guess I missed two episodes. The fights. I didn't watch the whole episodes. I went back and watched the fights at least. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Tanillion I mean, looks good. I feel really like there's good. no need to watch the whole. No, the the fights are what's impressive about it, and I can I can tell you just going back and watching old toughs. Um, it's it's so impressive how far the sports come. Oh yeah, <clears throat> but I mean these are the best of the best. This right, isn't but just like even last you've got you have to have at least three UFC fight or you have to have at least three pro fights. Like that's what they that's what they're usually doing, and then they pick them when they go in and roll and and spar, and then off of freaking coaches pushing them out there. Like, come on now. Right, but I'm just saying like. There's no way that most of those guys, like, they wouldn't have made the ultimate fighter now. Which guys? These guys? Tough 24? No, the guys that are on the old ones. Oh, The talent level is so different. Oh, yeah. And see, that's the thing. Tough one and tough two? And and conversely, like, looking at it, like, you look at it and you're like, They were very linear. Dude, these guys are, like, we haven't had a good tough challenger for a title in years. These guys aren't good anymore. And then you're just like, no, they're very good. Yeah. The whole sport in just 10 years, yeah. 11, 12, 13, 13 years? Was it? No, two, oh, tough one was 2003. So 13 years. Um, the sports evolved so much. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Well, I mean, you look at tough one, and we talk about this all the time. It was wrestlers versus strikers, where Josh Koscheck won based on just taking people down and laying on top of them. Mm-hmm. Diego Sanchez was a great wrestler, but he also did BJJ, but he wasn't a striker at that time. Forrest Griffin had no wrestling. Neither did freaking Stefan Bonner. Mm-hmm. They could just stand in front and, and throw punches. Very linear. And now, all of those kids have been training since they were like 19, 21, and they're coming up and fighting at 25, 26. You still do get the, like, the I'm 35, and it's like, like if Forrest Griffin says in his freaking book, man, if you're 29 years old and you're just getting into MMA, you're too old. Give it up. Yeah, right, dude. If he would have been coming up now, he would still be doing the exact same damn thing. He would at 35. If he was just getting into the sport, he would still be making trips down to Brazil to fight. Yeah, because certain people are just like that. Yeah, he's nutty, and he, yeah. those are the same kind of people that are going to be doing it. Yeah, they love it, or they think that there is still a career for him in it, which there's probably not. But I mean, Shannon Briggs is 45, and he's trying to. He's trying to get a, a title, you know? It's like, I mean, granted, he has some background in it, but, I mean... He did beat George Foreman, for goodness sake. Who, who's to say, like, that you that you can't do it? At heavyweight, you might be able to, but that's about it. It's hard. The odds are against you. It's it's a fraction of, a per, like, 1%. But now I'm seeing all these CTE things. When 
there's two things like so let's talk about kids right if I had kids, I wouldn't want them to do MMA. I would like them to train for like self-defense and just being good at things. However, with all the CTE things that are coming out now with this and with any sport, obviously, but also every MMA fighter being like, no, I want my kids to play a different sport or do something different and not go into MMA. Like, there's no money in this. Go play football. Go play soccer. No, go play. no, nobody would say football at this point. Well, LeBron like. James doesn't want his kids playing until later on either. But yeah, no, you're right. Basketball. But I mean, we're talking fighters that are like five five. Obviously, the kid's not going to play basketball. If there's a kid that has a chance to play any of the other sports, they will. The people that you're going to get that because we've I mean we've known boxing's been dangerous forever. We've seen yeah. Muhammad Ali for two decades, yeah. three decades. Um. Yeah. But even still, kids go in and do boxing. The You're not going to get... It's unfair, but it's true. But it's also... That's why you see the best of sports in boxing and MMA because it truly is a rags-to-riches story. You are... You have the possibility from being the poorest, the most hungry, to being the richest Floyd Mayweather. Like... Yeah. And that was, again, that's, this is me just kind of going off the Shannon Briggs thing. Um, he, he talks about his dad being in jail. And he knew he was never going to see him again, that he would die in jail. And then his mom was uh, addicted to it was either crack or heroin. And he had to f- he had to fight for everything. And that's kind of what he lost his way about. He said, the only thing I want to highlight with that uh, is you still will get the, the kids that are underprivileged, that all they know is fighting, and they have, like, aggression, and they're good at this one thing. You need that still will. Hmm? You said they still will be... And all I heard was still will. Oh, and S-T-E-E-L? Yes. You need a still will. Yeah. That's what they have. In all honesty. And that's how I'm going to write that movie. I want you to. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it. I just, I feel like no matter what, I mean, because I, I feel like we would never put our kids, I, I, my kids will probably do MMA if that's they right. want. Yeah. And I'll go with them and but, it'll be our thing that we have until they can beat me and then I never go again <laughs> when they're about six. But it's. Because it is such good discipline, too. But um, I think you're always going to have those kids that they will not give a damn about CTE. They have one way out of the bad situation that they're in, yeah. and they will give everything. The U.S. military. And Yeah, if they don't want to do that. <laughs> and they get a, they get a, a shitty manager um, when they're 18 years old that tells them that they could have the world, and then they get put through hell and depression. Anyways. Um, <laughs> is this the Shannon Briggs? Hmm? Or is this Ronda Rousey? Who are we talking about now? Mike Tyson. I don't, yeah. All the point. boxers that get solid, awful managers. Solid point. That use them and abuse them and take their money and then move on to the next person. Well, yeah, they wouldn't go in the military because some guy's telling them, no, no, we'll put you up in a house. We're going to get you training every day. You're going to be somebody. Yep. 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 Um, so, Top 24 is ending now. Hiromasa Ogikubo and Tim Elliott. Uh out of these two guys, man, who do you think actually has a better chance of actually beating DJ? Neither. I mean, Tim Elliott. Ask me which one has a better chance of landing a punch. I don't like that's a better metric. Neither of them are going to beat DJ. Well, I, I feel like Hiro Masa's wrestling has to win out against DJ, and it's not going to. DJ is just too strong. I mean, Henry Cejudo couldn't out wrestle him. There's no way someone else is going to. He never got to wrestle him. Well, in MMA wrestling is a whole different thing. He just so never. So he didn't. He said it himself. He never anticipated how strong he was in the clinch. He's like he yeah. he was, and I couldn't take him down. He was so strong in the clinch. Um, 
No, exactly. And then Tim Elliott's already lost to Benavidez. He's already kind of lost. And you're not going to go to a, you're not going to go to a lesser promotion and get better. I mean, you can get better and come back and compete in the UFC, but not at a championship level. Just because you're a champion of another, of another promotion that's smaller, doesn't mean all of a sudden that you fought the best in the world and progressed to be able to beat the best and the actual best in the world. So Tim Elliott, I, we already know based on things everyone has said before the season even started that he's going to win out. Um, but I don't think he, no one's got a chance right now against DJ at that, at that weight division. It's just crazy, crazy. But what, so what would you like to see after this tough 24? What do they do with that division? Mm, I think DJ has to leave. He has to, he's going to go up. You think? Or go fight women's. I don't know. <laughs> he has to do a new frontier. I don't know. He's kind of got to do what Connor does, and I don't. Maybe they still have plans for him, and there's some backroom discussions already. But I feel like it's either Cody No Love or Dominic Cruz for him. Yeah, which I don't want to see. I like seeing him dominant. I, I I think it's unfair to him to be like, hey, yeah, you didn't have a division, you got your ass beat before, and then we finally got you a division, and you just were too good for it. But that's what I like Connor McGregor for, man. He's like, cool, I won that. And I would have liked to see him fight at 145 a couple more times. We all know that he had a, a problem making weight, and there's a whole lot of different reasons why he didn't stay. But I would have liked to see Anderson Silva leave that division and go up. Um, John Jones is probably the only really dominant champion that I'm glad we didn't see go up in weight, only because the heavyweights were more shallow than light heavyweight. But Jose Aldo, when he was super dominant, it would have been awesome to see him go up. Frankie Edgar went Pettis. down like... You look at, and that's why I respect Frankie Edgar too. Like he will go to any weight to fight the best. And I mean, obviously at one fifty five he wasn't going anywhere, so why not go down to one forty or one, yeah, one forty five and do it there. And Dominic Cruz, I would, li- I really like to maybe not see him come up, but I'd like to see DJ come up. And I think Cruz, I think DJ has advanced since the first time that he fought Cruz. I still give the I because Cruz, Cruz is, is elusive. Yep. And I would like to see Cruz go up from 135 to 145, and I think he's still as dominant in that division. And I don't, you know, all of those guys, I think when it comes to 135, 145, 155, I think if you can make those weights, you can compete with those people depending. Because some of those 155ers are really 175 or 170 pounders that are cutting to 155. So going from 145 to 155 is a much bigger jump because you're fighting bigger fighters than 125 to 135 or 135 to 145. But as soon as you go 135 to 155, sorry, yeah, we could say that. 135 to 155, you're fighting 170-pounder you know, people. So... I would like to see more movement between 135 or 125 and 135, 135 and 145 and 145 and 155. I would like to see more fluidity between those four divisions. Um I like people being in their division once it's cleared out like legitimately cleared out like DJ did. One well, you saw or him. like GSP did. Um the fact that DJ's never missed weight. I mean either is Cruz, but like getting down to 125 every time and being that ball of muscle that he is like good for him. It's just, it's, it sucks that you did your job in that division. You became what you had always hoped to be world champion. And then as soon as you get it, as you hit that pinnacle, you're the best pound for pound fighter in the world. People want you to move up and test it again. It's like, we're never, 
but you can't be either in this sport. Like we always want to see something that has that hasn't been done before. Yeah. Um, that's why we love Frankie. That's why we love Donald Cerrone. That's why we love Conor McGregor. It's literally, or that's why we like BJ Penn. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with BJ Penn, Leota Machida, he fought all the way up to heavyweight. He fought one seventy, mm-hmm. or has he fought one seventy? No, uh, one eighty-five, two hundred five. Yeah. Um, Damian Maya, you know, like these people that are fluid in the divisions that will fight anywhere. Nate, Nick and Nate, you yeah. know. I think the we'll continue to see changes with USADA. I think a lot of those one thirty-fivers will probably stay at one forty-five. It seems more that the. 185 to 170 and 170 to 155 are the most difficult for people to make weight. And obviously it's an extra five pounds that they've got to make. Um, like we, like we mentioned, potentially making a different weight division. So it's every 10 pounds in between all of them. It would be two. It's not going to happen, but it'd be two divisions, right? Yeah. 155. And then it would be 155 to 165, 165 to 175, 175 to 185, and then 185 probably to 205 instead of 195. I said just make a 195. That's what I'd rather see. But then you have I almost to. wish they would have done that instead of actually making the lower divisions like the women's uh 115. No offense to that one or really the 125 men's as well. But there's not a lot of women that fight at 135. Most of those women could get down to I'm just talking if, if allocation of resources for the UFC in general. I wish yeah. that they wouldn't have necessarily made those two lower divisions. But I wish they would have split those divisions up and made a 175, a 185, 195. Here's why that happened. 165, 195. Here's why I think that happened. Uh, 125, 135. In different places. No, 125 and 115 is my argument. No, but no, but the, specifically the men's divisions, not the women. The women I understand at 115. That makes, I understand the allocation of funds that you're referring to, but 135 and 125 specifically in the men's divisions opens up a wider market around the world. Asian fighters are usually smaller. Filipino fighters, uh, Chinese, Japanese, Korean, a lot of these dudes, other than like Don Young Kim and some of those other guys, they're going to be fighting at the one, a lot of them at 125, 135, 145. Um, a lot of South Americans outside of some of the Brazilians are going to be fighting at lower weights. Um, and I think what that does is it helps broaden your world reach by being able to get smaller weight divisions that are going to bring in some of those international fighters at a lower and a lower weight class. Now they're super behind when it comes to MMA. I mean, they may be ahead with striking or with this or that, but when it comes to MMA wrestling, um, the United States is going to be above and beyond for a long time. They're not ahead in anything. Well, I mean, you get into karate and different things like that, which I don't believe that they are. But I, I, I'm not, I don't want to be like, oh, they're not as good at anything. They're not. I'm trying to at least be give them a little bit of objective. Yeah. But if you're trying to be objective, you're going to be wrong a lot of the time. Like you have to just yeah, be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. They're not good at anything. Um, what, 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 as well, far we saw as tough China, right? And those guys were. Like they look like they're from the first couple seasons. To be fair, I guess I can't really talk about that too much. I'm talking only. But what I'm (laughs) to you, tell him, dog. I just I just let out a fart, and you thought it was someone knocking on our door. Go get him. Um, I think if we're talking (laughs) fighters' safety, making weight cuts, making better denominations for the higher weight classes, I I think is a better 
use of but I mean we don't know again what happened behind doors but I would like to see those weight divisions cut up a little bit it might have been when they signed on you know China as one of the big investors the Chinese companies that they were trying to get more Chinese fighters more Asian fighters in and they had to open up those smaller divisions in order to, to provide that opportunity for those guys they got they got big fighters in other divisions they got Kung Lee I mean Choi um, Don Young Kim uh, yeah that was going to be the guy I was going to say um the Korean zombie, he's 145. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got, I mean, he's, that, that's not a high weight class, but it's not like 135, 125 either. Um, and he's very competitive. We'll see him soon, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I just, I, if they could do all of it, that'd be great. But I don't want to get like oversaturation of cards like we already have seeing, you know, crappy fights and, um, yeah, it's definitely been interesting the last couple of cards how uninterested I've been in everything outside of like the top three fights. And so this one's a little bit different, except they, they, they did their same thing where they did people from other tough um, seasons on this as well. So Gray Maynard's... I, the thing I did, I did like about... Sorry. The thing that I did like about this season was I, there weren't really people not in their weight class. I always get scared with people like that, but they usually actually win if they're if they're not cutting a lot of weight there. Like the Rashad Evans, the the gentleman from the Brazil one that was doing heavyweight Cara de Cara. I can't remember what his name was, know. but um, but this one was nice because they all are that weight class. You're yeah. not you're not having to play the game. Like, is he going to make weight? Isn't he? You know that they're all professionals. They're going to make weight. Yep. Uh, so let's talk this week's card. Joseph Benavidez versus Henry Cejudo. Who wins? I want Benavidez really, really bad, and I think he's going to win. I think I, he's just a better MMA fighter. I, he's definitely more well-rounded. Um, it really depends on how strong his wrestling is. I think he his wrestling is good enough to get him off of the ground and keep it striking, and he'll dominate the striking for sure. Um, Ellenberger versus Jorge Masvidal. He's got some, uh, Cejudo Cubano. has some pretty good kicks. What was that? I'm sorry. Uh, Ellenberger versus Masvidal. The, El Cubano. Speaking of Fidel Castro dying, Jorge Masvidal and his family were not big fans of Fidel Castro. Weren't they? No. They came, his uncles came across on a boat. Most Cubans aren't. Yep. That are, you know, Americanized. Straight from Cuba, yeah. Well, like we had the, we had the, do you remember the, the Real Salt Lake guy that, that uh-huh. came across? And it, it was, so there was this big problem and they stopped coming to the U.S. for it, but the, the, the Cuban national team, they would go do yeah, they tours, them, right? and they would just yeah. leave. They would just they would jump ship, and they would be gone. But uh, we had one of them on Real Salt Lake's team. Anyways, um, I think Ellenberger. I, I still like I said like last night. I think there's an act three for a lot of people. You have the up and coming, and then you eventually you get established, so you get your title fight, and then once you get your title fight, you fall off. We've been seeing it with Raleigh Lob, Robbie Lobby Roller yeah. and Molly uh, Rob, Bobber. I think I think Ellenberger has the pieces to put the third act together and make he's a got, run for the title. He's got nothing to lose, and that changes a ton. When he's on, he's on. He's yep. a buzzsaw, dude. He's. Yep. He, he can hang with anybody, in my opinion. Like he said with uh, before his Matt Brown fight, he knew he was going to get cut. And he had to talk himself into that fight, and he did. And he went in with nothing to lose and just mowed him over. So I, I expect the same thing. Jorge Masvidal might see it coming and play a little bit more counter. Um, I think Masvidal is more calculated, but Jake Ellenberger is just stronger. And so I would give this probably to Ellenberger at this time. So, yeah, man, that's that. 
Uh, we'll be watching the fights this weekend. Thank you guys for tuning in. You got anything else you'd like to say? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I think that's a pretty good summation. Um, I, th- I think that that article is very interesting. At least the graphs are. Yeah, the I, graphs. The article itself re- wasn't that many. But um, the, and he's I talking didn't about see the injury article on bloody elbow that we went over. I would I would recommend looking that up. You're welcome, bloody elbow. <laughs> Great. Now on they're syndicated get all the radio. Clicks. Yeah. Great. Now they're going to get like an extra t- several thousand people clicking on their website because of us. <laughs> um, so anyway. Thank you guys once again for tuning in. Please subscribe if you have not yet. Um, follow us on Twitter. We always are in great conversations there. We're always usually watching the fights or at least have them on for discussion's sake. And tell your friends about us. Have a great rest of your weekend. Bye. Bye.